Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, it's Amy McDonald's there. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Programme. Arsenal versus Leeds United. Saturday, 1st of April 2023. Kickoff 3 pm. The contents. Captain's notes around Arsenal. Sustainability. Player feature Aaron Ramsdale. Minute detail. Community voice. Academy Young Gun Jimmy Gower. Around the Academy. Women. Visitors Leeds United. Match action, Arsenal versus Sporting Lisbon. Match action, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace and teams. Martin Odegaard, Captain's Notes. Like many of the players, I was away playing for my country over the past few days, and now our full focus is back with our club. Norway had a tough start to our qualifying campaign. Two away games against Spain and Georgia. We lost to Spain and drew in Georgia, but I think we played better than the results suggest. Our performances were pretty good for long periods of both games, but we're obviously not happy with the results we got. So it was not the best start for us, but we played some good football, so we can be optimistic for the rest of the qualifiers. We've improved a lot, that's for sure. Now we just need to be sharper in front of goal. Personally, I'm feeling good after playing both matches. I took a few heavy hits in the games and should have had a penalty against Spain if you've seen the footage. I don't know why that wasn't given, but I'm feeling good and ready to go again. I came back to London on Wednesday and it was good to be back at the club and catch up with everyone about how they got on over the past couple of weeks. It's always great to hear about what they were doing when they're away in their camps for their national teams, so we always have a good chat about that. International week can be tricky sometimes. You don't know what will happen and some players can pick up injuries, so it's nice to be back now. Going away for a few days can also help refresh you and as I say, now everyone is just focused on the club and Premier League football until the end of the season. Everyone has come back with a good energy and we've been working well in training over the past couple of days. We're all excited for the last part of the season now. It was important to go into the international break with a win and we managed that with a really good performance against Crystal Palace. We knew it was a big game for us, but I think we all approached it in a calm manner and played with a lot of confidence. 
We've got the belief in ourselves and we showed our composure on the pitch again. We trust ourselves to play our game and let our quality shine through. That game was less than three days after our match against Sporting and there must have been some tired legs in the team because some of the lads had played the full game and extra time on the Thursday. But I believe a lot of that is mental and if you prepare well and get yourself ready mentally then that makes it easier on the legs as well. We face Leeds today and our game against them earlier this season was one of our toughest we've played. We had a good first half that day, scored a good goal, but the second half was very different. It was a difficult game. There was more chaos. We had to defend well, and it was a tough one in the end. We came through it, though, to get the three points. We know whenever we play Leeds that they have a lot of quality, but they're also a very physical team in terms of sprinting, covering ground and playing with intensity. That's what we have to be ready for a team that can make it a very challenging game. It's up to us to make sure we play the game how we want to play it, and not their game. Whatever team you face in the Premier League, I think their position in the table doesn't tell you too much. Every game is so difficult, and any team can cause you problems. You need the same focus and same mindset going into every game. Obviously, when you face a team that are fighting to survive, you can expect the game to be less controlled, maybe. Key moments can make a big difference, so we have to make sure we get the basics right and do the simple things, not overcomplicate it. But as I said, it feels great to be back here with our supporters after the internationals because sometimes it can be tricky to get your momentum back straight away. So to be with our people today will help us and hopefully you can all give us the extra energy that we will need this afternoon. We want to keep that connection we've got that is so strong this season and just look at the next game. It's been important for us all season long and we'd love to hear that noise again today. Finally, congratulations to our women's team who had a great win on Wednesday night over Bayern Munich in front of 20,000 supporters here at Emirates Stadium to qualify for the Champions League semi-finals. With our under-18s also reaching the FA Youth Cup semi-final being played at the Emirates on Tuesday, it's great to see our teams doing so well. Around Arsenal, Arsenal's a Hall of Famer. Congratulations to our legendary former manager Arsene Wenger, who has been inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame. The Frenchman, along with longtime rival Sir Alex Ferguson, become the first managers to be bestowed the highest individual honour awarded by the league. Arsenal's 22 seasons in charge of us is a Premier League record. He won the title three times and made history in 2003-04 with the Invincibles remaining unbeaten throughout the entire campaign. Arriving as one of the first foreign managers in English football in 1996, Arsene's impact was instant and remarkable. He raised standards through a revolutionary philosophy and commitment to playing attractive attacking football and won his first league title with us in 1997-98 at the end of his first full season. Arsene oversaw an astute transfer strategy, including scouting abroad for talent, which notably brought about the signing of fellow Hall of Fame members Thierry Henry and Patrick Vieira, among many other stars. He managed a record 828 Premier League matches, including 476 wins and 199 draws 
and was voted Manager of the Season in 1998, 2002 and 2004. I am very grateful to have been selected for the Premier League Hall of Fame, he said. We always wanted to give something special to the supporters and when you have players capable of remarkable things, the most important thing for me is the obligation of perfection. I'd like to be known as someone who loved Arsenal, who respected the values of the club and left it in a position where it can grow and become even bigger. Mikel Arteta led the tributes to Arsenal. I had a dream to play for this club, and that was because of the way Arsenal played under Arsenal, the boss said. It was so attractive. I think every player wanted to play here. I had a phenomenal time with him, and I learned a lot. That pushed me at the end of my career to become a coach, so he had a big influence on me. We had a conversation, and I asked him what he would do in my position because I had doubts about whether to continue playing or start my journey as a coach. He helped me at the club and at the academy to do my badges, and he was an inspiration and always supportive. I think he inspired every player and every member of staff that has worked with him. We did it. Arsenal women overhauled a 1-0 deficit against Bayern Munich with a famous 2-0 win in the second leg at Emirates on Wednesday night. Frieda Marnham scored a sublime opening goal on 19 minutes, with Stina Blackstenius grabbing the crucial second just seven minutes later, before the team showed their resilience with a controlled second-half performance to reach the semi-finals, where they will play either Wolfsburg or Paris Saint-Germain, who played on Thursday night after the programme went to print. We will play the first leg of the semi-final on the weekend of April 22nd, with the second leg at home on Monday, May the 1st, and tickets are already available for this momentous Emirates fixture. Just scan the QR code at this point in the programme. Ref Watch Today's referee is Darren England from Doncaster. The 37-year-old is taking charge of his second Arsenal match of the season, having officiated our first home game of 2022-23, the 4-2 win over Leicester in August. He has also refereed Leeds once in this campaign in their 1-1 draw at home to Everton. This afternoon's visitors are unbeaten in seven matches under England, a run stretching back to February 2019. Our record under England is played 3-1-2, drawn 0, lost 1. A new date for Newcastle. Our Premier League trip to Newcastle United has been pushed back a day to Sunday, May 7th and will now kick off at 4.30pm. The game at St James's Park, which had previously been scheduled for Saturday, May 6th, has been altered to allow it to be screened on Sky Sports in the UK. Meanwhile, any potential changes to our games against Brighton and Hove Albion and Nottingham Forest later that month are due to be announced on April 6th and April 14th, respectively. Get well soon, Tommy. Following his substitution during our home Europa League match against Sporting CP, subsequent assessments have confirmed that Takahiro Tomiyasu sustained a significant injury to his right knee. Tommy has had successful surgery in London the following week and has been ruled out for the remainder of the campaign. 
Everyone at the club will now be working hard with Tommy so he can join pre-season training ahead of next season. Remembering Rocky The Rowcastle family will be guests of the club this afternoon, recognising the anniversary of the death of our legendary midfielder David Rocky Rowcastle on March 31st, 2001 as well as a stellar career for the Gunners, where he rose from the youth team to be a star of the league title-winning sides in 1989 and 1991. Rocky also played for today's guest, Leeds United, and before kick-off this afternoon, both mascots will take to the pitch, holding Rocky Seven shirts. On the 20th anniversary of his death, the club, alongside the Rowcastle family, launched Rocky Seven in David's legacy. The leadership programme sees Arsenal in the community guide and mentor seven young people each year, providing the participants with personal development opportunities and positive experiences. Refer to the article elsewhere in today's programme to hear from one of the Rocky Seven mentees. Trio win Premier League awards. Congratulations to Mikel Arteta, Bukayo Saka and Aaron Ramsdale, winners of the Premier League Manager, Player and Save of the Month awards respectively. Mikel was awarded the managerial gong after leading us to wins over Everton, Bournemouth, Fulham and Crystal Palace. We had a 100% win record in March, scoring 14 goals in the process to move 8 points clear at the top of the table. Bukeo started the month with a goal and assist in our 4-0 win against Everton, and ended it with three goal involvements in the win over Crystal Palace, which saw him score twice to become the first player to reach double figures for goals and assists in the division this term. Meanwhile, Aaron's sensational stop to deny Dango Utatara against Bournemouth has also been recognised. With us trailing 1-0 in the first half, a swift counter-attack saw Philip Billing break forward and centre for Utatara. A goal looked inevitable, but Aaron made himself big and somehow managed to keep the shot out, with the save proving crucial in our dramatic victory. Lear Top's Power List Two of our own have been named in the 2023 BBC Radio 4's Women's Hour Power List, with Leah Williamson topping the list and Lottie Vubenmoy coming in seventh. Women's Hour chose to honour the UK's 30 most outstanding women in sport across five categories. Sportswomen, leaders, changemakers, amplifiers and grassroots. Women's Hour named Williamson at the top of the list live on air in front of an audience in the BBC Radio Theatre, hosted by Nuala McGovern. It's lovely. I'm just trying to do my job, Williamson said. My mum will be happy. It's really nice. I'm slightly taken aback by that, but very appreciative. As women, we've been living in the shadows, maybe, but we know that we have the ability to step up. If you can't see it, you can't be it, which is why when we do recognise women like this, it's great because those aspiring to be in these positions can believe that there is a place for them in the sporting world. Off the pitch, Lear has consistently championed equal opportunities for girls in sport. Earlier this month, the government pledged to provide all schoolgirls equal access to football following the Lionesses' campaign. 
Fellow gunner and England centre-back Wuven Moy was also recognised for her work in helping to lead this campaign and striving to secure a legacy for women's football. Welcome Michael Watson. A warm Emirates welcome to boxing great Michael Watson, MBE, who is a guest of the club today to mark 30 years since he attended a special benefit match in his honour after suffering brain injuries in a world title fight with Chris Eubank in 1991. Michael was at the forefront of the golden age of British super middleweight boxing with Eubank and Nigel Benn in the early 1990s. After beating Benn, Watson lost to Eubank, but was ahead on points in the rematch at White Hart Lane on September 21, 1991, when he was knocked out in the 12th round. He got up, but then collapsed in the ring and ultimately spent 40 days in a coma and had to endure six operations on his brain. Initially unable to hear, speak or walk, he gradually began to recover and his first public appearance came on March 28, 1993 when we hosted a special Arsenal vs Tottenham benefit match featuring legends and celebrities including David Rowcastle for him at Highbury. Michael was still in a wheelchair but managed to raise his hand as the fans sang There's Only One Michael Watson. The 18,196 crowd were also treated to Arsenal ladies' first ever match at Highbury against arch-rivals Doncaster Bells. The Gunners winning 2-1 on their way to an inaugural Women's Premier League title. The crowd was by far the biggest ever for a Women's Premier League game. Michael, who also featured on our Founder Place Where We Belong stadium artwork, is an MBE and has raised funds for the Brain and Spine Foundation for many years. Showing typical fighting spirit, he continues to make small improvements on his road to recovery. Notice Board, Totalizer, £700. Congratulations on 1,000 games, Dave Wybrow. Glad Reese Nelson made it such a special day. From Chris Kager. Luke Hartley. Enjoy your first ever match at Emirates. From all your family and friends. Congratulations Andy Barnes on 60 years of coming to Arsenal. The longest love in your life. Love James. All your children and grandchildren. All Gooners. Happy 30th birthday Jarvis Cheek. We hope you have a fantastic day. Love all the family. Daddy. Adam Merrick. Happy 40th birthday from your girls, Amelie and Evie. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Lara and Baby Bump and Summer. Here today, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to the Arsenal. Love you both. Ryan Stroke Dad. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Kath. Mum, Grandma, Faithful Guna for 50 plus years. Happy 70th birthday. Love. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy 40th birthday, Donat. Love from family and friends. Welcome to my nephew, Corey Cooney, over from Ireland for his first Arsenal match. Enjoy the day. Love, Uncle Tom. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy 21st birthday, Travis Edgerton. Enjoy your first match at Emirates. Love, Mum, Robin and Saffron. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Floyd Wildman. First time at the Emirates. Have fun with your Uncle Harry. And your big cuz, George. Happy 16th birthday to Monty Atkinson from Croydon, 
who is here today celebrating with his Aunt Margaret and Uncle Cathal. Happy 40th B-Day, Craig, Kiss O. Happy birthday, Yangos, 11 tomorrow, from everyone at Arsenal. Arsenal FC welcomes Brian O'Rourke, Brian Smythe and Dean Farrelly, over from Ireland today. Happy 10th birthday, Jacob Harris. Enjoy the game on your big day. Love Mum, Dad, Bella and Charlie. C-O-Y-G. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Welcome to the Arsenal world. Henry Joshua Baker and Patrick Henry Baker from all your family and friends. Happy 70th birthday to lifelong and passionate supporter Chris Beadle. Wishing you a fantastic celebration. Love from all the family. Happy 60th birthday, Brian. Welcome to Shane and Oshin Halligan from County Mayo, Ireland. Enjoy your day. Love from all the family. Happy 50th birthday, Darren. Have a great day. Love from Steph, Joe, Jack, Harry and Zach. Happy 25th birthday, Oifi. I hope this match is as special as the first one. 17 years ago to the day. Lots of love, Amy. Happy 8th birthday, Fred. We love you so much. Hope you enjoy your Arsenal surprise. Love, Mum and Craig. Happy 40th, Daniel Allen, long-time season ticket holder. Happy 9th birthday, Heaton. Have a top-of-the-league kind of day. Love, Sharon and Chris. A first Arsenal game with his daddy for Henry Dillon. Hope you enjoy your day. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy 14th birthday to Alex H. Today from everyone at home. Come on you gunners. Happy belated 40th birthday to Claire Wheeler and congratulations on your engagement to James. Love from your Guna mum, family and friends. C-O-Y-G. Happy 18th birthday to Hannah Rayner. Lots of love, mum, dad and Chloe. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy 3rd birthday to Scarlett Hewlett. Lots of love, Mummy, Daddy and Ashy. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy birthday to Jason Parnham from all of your family and friends. Happy birthday to Jack Carpenter, nine years old today. Jack's dream is to play for Arsenal and win the treble. Simon, happy birthday. Hope you enjoy a great game today with lots of love from your family. Happy 14th birthday to Dharma Kelly from all your family and friends. Arsenal remembers Ian Hunter, lifelong Arsenal fan, love Lisa and Kirsty. Peter Martin, normally found in the North Bank at Highbury and Emirates, but visited many grounds with several European adventures. Favourite players were George Graham, John Radford and later Ian Wright and Dennis Bergkamp. Peter passed away unexpectedly and was very proud of how the team are currently performing. William Hewis died of menging or cocol sepsis on January 21st, 2023, aged 22. We're going to miss the warmest-hearted, biggest-hugging, loudest-singing, most-loving young man in the world. North London forever and full of love. Your family and countless friends. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Our hearts will leave you never. Len Coates, 1930-2023 A lifelong loyal Arsenal supporter until the very end. Loved and cherished dearly by all who knew him. Up the Gunners 
Albert Walter Frederick Giles. Sadly passed away aged 79. A loyal supporter since the 1950s, following his beloved Arsenal home and away. Albert will be missed by Brenda, John, Paul, Natalie, Nicola, Jack, Ella and Max. Karapuya Supia A dedicated Arsenal fan and beloved grandfather. Your unwavering support was an inspiration to us all. We will forever cherish your memories and your passion for the Gunners. Rest in peace. Sue Young A lifetime following the fortunes of her beloved Arsenal. Wife, mum and grandmother taken far too early. Missed by many, including all her Gunners pals in Bognor Regis and West Sussex Arsenal. Up the Gunners, Sue. Terry, Twinkle Toes Seeds. Left us but watching from above. Love from son, John and his Arsenal family, Kev, Tom, Tommy and Mick. Dave Kilburn. A day that we used to love. Arsenal versus Leeds. You, the mad Leeds fans versus us Arsenal fans. We miss the banter on days like this. Miss and love you always. Love Sue, Georgia, Charlie, Joe, Chelsea and Charlie. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Danny Aldington, 1976 to 2023. Lifelong gooner who will always be remembered. Meet the mascots. It wouldn't be a match day without them. And today's home mascot is Christos, aged 10, from Derby, while the away mascot is Caleb, aged 9, from Leeds. We hope you both enjoy the day. Come and support the under-18s. Jack Wilshire's under-18 side are in action at Emirates Stadium on Tuesday night, and they would love your support. The team face Manchester City in the semi-final of the FA Youth Cup in a one-off game to reach the final. You can read from one of the team's stars, Jimmy Gower, elsewhere in today's programme. Tickets for the game are priced at £4 for adults and £2 concessions and are available using the QR code at this point in the programme. NMR shirts for young role models. The No More Red initiative launched in January 2022 with Adidas to support the long-standing work being done by Arsenal in the community to keep young people safe from knife crime and youth violence. Within that, one of the aims was to spotlight the work of young people who have made a positive difference. And this afternoon, Sharif and Mark will become the latest recipients of the special No More Red Shirts. Sharif is the young mentor at local youth organisation Copenhagen Youth Project, CYP. She was identified by staff as a positive influence within her group who had strong leadership skills and was respected by other young people in the community. Sharif currently holds the position of after-school cooking club mentor where she works alongside the chef and a youth worker to educate and teach children to cook simple, healthy and nutritious meals. This is an extremely popular activity for local young people and Sharif is an integral part of the project's success thanks to her positive energy and ability to connect with young people. This session is also about eating as a group and once the food is prepared they all sit, eat and converse providing a safe place for young people. Mark is a Guinness World Record holder having completed a phenomenal 22 triathlons in just seven days. He undertook this challenge in memory of his brother Stephen, 
whose life was tragically taken in a knife attack 15 years ago. Mark completed this challenge in Windsor between 18th and 24th of July last year, working through a gruelling regime involving very little sleep to complete 33 kilometres of swimming, 880 kilometres of cycling and 220 kilometres of running all within one week. Mark is working with no more red charity partner Steel Warriors who take seized and surrendered knives off the streets and recycle the steel into free outdoor calisthenic gyms in the areas where the knives were collected. They use these spaces as community hubs and training centres to support and inspire young people. Mark is aiming to raise funds for a gym to be installed in memory of his brother Stephen. Go to his Just Giving page www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash mark dash jones 295 Ticket news Home tickets Arsenal vs Southampton Premier League Friday April 21st kick off 8pm Tickets are now on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JG members via the ticket exchange service up until 5pm on Friday April 21st Arsenal vs Chelsea, Premier League, Saturday, April 29th, kick-off, 5.30pm. Tickets are now on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JG members via the ticket exchange service up until 2.30pm on Saturday, April 29th. Arsenal vs Brighton and Hove Albion, Premier League, Saturday, May 13th, kick-off, 3pm. Tickets are now on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red and JG members via the Ticket Exchange Service up until 12pm on Saturday, May 13th. Away tickets. Liverpool vs Arsenal. Premier League, Anfield. Sunday, April 9th, kick-off, 4.30pm. Tickets for this match sold out to Away Scheme, Platinum, Gold and Travel Club members with 30-plus away points. West Ham United vs Arsenal. Premier League, London Stadium, Sunday, April 16th, kick-off 2pm. Tickets for this match sold out to away scheme, platinum gold and travel club members with 30-plus away points. Sustainability Waiting for the rains. You might have heard about the arid conditions affecting East Africa for the last few years. Well, fortunately, Bore has escaped the worst of the droughts, and neem trees, the variety planted in the Arsenal Forest, now known across the region as the Arsenal Trees, are incredibly drought-resistant. But now we're eagerly waiting for the big rains to come and give the trees a good watering. Climate change is really impacting heavily in this part of the world on the equator and, as a result, nomadic cattle herders are increasingly bringing their animals southwards in search of forage. Given half a chance, cattle would make a quick snack of our younger neem trees in the forest. This is one of the reasons we employ security guards to monitor the area 24 hours a day and make sure the barbed wire fences aren't compromised and are totally cow-proof. The Felix Project. The Arsenal Academy is fully committed to educating young players about the importance of sustainability. 
Last season, we featured the under-16s carbon-neutral tour to Scotland, as well as young goalkeeper Alexei Rojas cycling to the training ground to keep his carbon footprint to a minimum. And on the young gun pages of the programme, players have also been telling us what small sustainable considerations they are making in their everyday lives. This season, the Academy's Player Leadership Group, a collection of nominated players across the Academy, have focused on the Felix Project, which raises awareness of inequality and food poverty. As part of their research, the group recently visited the project and learned about how the organisation collects fresh, nutritious food which cannot be sold and turns produce that would previously have been discarded as food waste into exceptional hot meals. The meals are delivered to charities and organisations across London, including projects run by our very own Arsenal in the Community. The Academy boys were really enthused by the fantastic work they witnessed and are planning to make an impact in this space themselves by leading a food drive at Hale End to support the great work of the Felix Project. Grow your own. Carbon Link has already received lots of orders for trees from supporters wishing to add to the Arsenal Forest. More than 20,000 are now being planted. Thanks for getting involved. We want to expand our 12.5 acre area to make our forest as big as possible. There are three options to purchase trees. 25 trees for £25, 50 for £50, 100 for £100. If you are concerned about your own carbon footprint, this is an excellent way of making a small, sustainable step in the right direction and also doing it in the name of the club you love. And what a unique gift for an Arsenal fan in your life. Scan the QR code in the programme for more information on our project and details of how to be part of our forest. Player Feature Inspirational Aaron Ramsdale We speak to our players about where they find their inspiration. Our goalkeeper reveals his early goalkeeping role models and how he is constantly inspired by competition, raising his standards and by playing in high-pressure situations. Much of Aaron Ramsdale's style of goalkeeping can be traced back to his days in the Bolton Wanderers youth system. Legendary goalkeeper Yussi Jeskalainen was Bolton's number one stopper throughout Aaron's time at the club during his early teens, and the Finn had a huge influence on the Stoke-on-Trent-born youngster. Yussi actually joined Bolton in 1997, a year before Aaron was even born, and would go on to make more than 500 first-team appearances during a 15-year career for the Trotters. It was towards the end of his time there that he began working with promising young keeper Aaron, who had joined after impressing Bolton's goalkeeping coach at a local soccer school. As I was going through the Bolton system, Jaskalainen was a big part of my career. He was my early inspiration, our number one begins. Being able to watch him every other weekend at the home games was obviously huge for me. Then becoming close family friends with him and being able to speak to him about football and play in the garden with him and his son William, who's the same age as me. I'm still very close with them, 
But for me at that age, to be around a Premier League player was huge. Also, his coach at Bolton, Fred Barber, was the one who trained me at Stoke. He's still coaching at Crewe after being at Bolton for years and has a goalkeeping school in Stoke, which is where I went to before moving to Bolton. So we had a connection with the Yaskalinans through different people and he was definitely an inspiration for me. The Finnish stopper, who won more than 50 caps for his country, was such a big influence on young Aaron that many of his traits can be seen in our goalie still today. Yes, things like my set position, Aaron explains. Obviously getting coached by the same coach that Yussi worked with in Fred, he obviously stuck to his principles and taught all of the people who went to that goalkeeping school the same way. So you are given the basis, but then you see someone in the Premier League doing it week in, week out, you know it's working. So probably the way I position my hands and my legs are very similar to Yussi. I think it's more subconscious though, after years of training that way with Fred. If you see it in people you look up to, you try it, and if it sticks, it stays forever, without you even thinking about it. Aaron's other early goalkeeping inspiration was Gianluigi Buffon, the Italian World Cup winner of 2006 who's still active today, back at First Club Parma in Serie B at the age of 45. My first real memory of football and goalkeeping was the 2006 World Cup. Aaron, who was eight at the time, continues. That's when I got Buffon's goalie shirt, the gold Italian shirt with a little white undershirt around the collar. It was short-sleeved, which is probably why I like to wear short sleeves now. So he was probably the first one I looked up to on TV. He was the first goalkeeper I really watched and liked the way he played. It was probably the kit as well. A goalie with short sleeves, he stood out and he was a star. I think he had the headband too at that point and they obviously won on penalties too, so he was the first one I remember watching. I watched him win the World Cup and I thought, wow but I wouldn't say I've got anything from his game, especially. I'd love to take his longevity, though. Role models such as Jaskalainen and Buffon are not Aaron's only source of inspiration, however. As a goalkeeper, he says he is particularly motivated and driven by a sense of competition. Goalies naturally work and train together a large amount of the time, but the element of competition is obviously intensified, as there is only one shirt that they are all fighting for. These personal rivalries are something that all keepers have in common, but Aaron says it exists across the team in the outfield players too. I think it's only more pronounced for us because only one of us plays. It's still super competitive with the likes of, for instance, Reese Nelson and Gabby Martinelli. That's a big battle on the training pitch and both players give it their all every single session. But at the end of the day, Reese could still play as well if Gabby plays. So I think it's just heightened for us goalkeepers. We're in a different coloured kit, only one of us can play. We stand out. But it goes on everywhere in the team. I think when people talk about the dressing room being good, that's another part of it because we have a squad of 20 or 22 and there are two players for each position so it's still very personal with each other all over the pitch. Competition for places and having a direct rival looking to take your spot usually leads to increased performance, Aaron believes, and he says he looks to use that to his benefit wherever possible. You use it as motivation as much as you need, really. 
But I need to focus on myself because there's no point worrying about others and then my own performances slip. When I was in the academy at Bolton, I was competing with William Jaskalainen, the son of a major Premier League goalkeeper, and he's also a goalkeeper himself. So it was me and Will from the age of 10 or 11 up to about 16 playing in the same group and we're both goalkeepers. So that's a big thing, and he had his own battles, with people saying he was only there because of his name. Which was outrageous, by the way, because of how good a goalkeeper he was. Then, when you become a young academy player and sign pro, you also want to prove that you were better than the Premier League goalie who's number one at your club. At that age, you will probably also have a trialist coming in. And you obviously have to stay respectful, but at the same time, you are trying to show them that this is your spot. This is your team and your teammates. But, as I said, if I start thinking too much about anyone else, then I'm taking my eye off my situation. So you use it to a certain degree, but you have to focus on yourself, because if you focus on yourself and you know how good you can be, that takes care of it. Now that Aaron is the one in possession of the number one shirt, He says he doesn't have any shortage of people around him to keep inspiring him and motivating him to hit new heights. My family definitely keep me reminded of what I still need to achieve, he reveals. I might have achieved some things in my career so far, but I haven't achieved what anyone wants, especially in terms of winning trophies, and for how many years you want to be playing at the top for. My fiancé's brother is a big Arsenal fan, so he reminds me quite often what I still need to achieve. But yeah, I think that motivation comes from within as well. Although I don't necessarily set specific major goals for myself, I do have the main ambitions of wanting to win a trophy or having a 15-year career and stuff like that. That comes from within, but my family and in-laws are always there to help push me too. Part of the 24-year-old's self-motivation comes from playing in the big games. He is always roused by the big occasion and thrives from the pressure that comes with them. Yeah, I've never really been a massive fan of training because there's nothing on it, he continues. Of course, you have to train well and you don't want to be throwing the ball in every five minutes in training. But if you do throw one in or make a mistake, it just resets and you go again but that's something which the manager does really well. There is a competition side to training which allows me to enjoy it more. Sometimes there'll be things on it, such as the losing team pays for dinner or stuff like that. So that's a good side of it, which has allowed me to enjoy it more. He believes this thirst for the big occasion and pressure situations can be traced back to his early days at Bournemouth when he was still a teenager. When I moved to Bournemouth from Sheffield United, I was third choice, which meant still travelling to the Premier League games and not playing for our under-21s. But I was still playing for England under-19s at the time. We went and won the Euros in Georgia, and I played more times for England under-19s in a six-month span than I did for Bournemouth. They were qualifiers and the tournament, so competitive games. So I think it comes from there knowing that I haven't played any club football and then I'm going into a European game against Germany in the group stage and I have to perform. So I love the bigger games and as I've said before, I love the fans being there because they help me concentrate more and being able to feel the pressure. I try to rise to it and enjoy it, but obviously that doesn't mean that all the big games go my way. 
it snowballed really from my time at Bournemouth because it's unheard of to play more international games than club games. His career continued to snowball after establishing himself at Bournemouth, then back at Sheffield United before joining Arsenal at the start of last season. He was soon a regular starter in the team, winning the Arsenal Player of the Month award in both October and November. It was towards the end of that November, though, in 2021, that he lost his first game for the club, 4-0 away to Liverpool. Afterwards, he gave an interview to club media stating that Liverpool had shown the standards that we needed to aspire to as a team, and he says that another part of his makeup as a footballer is always aspiring to improve using others as a benchmark. I think as individuals you do that, he states. The manager is so focused on us as a team looking at ourselves. But obviously we all see stats of how great teams have done it, in terms of clean sheets or goals scored, and how far they have got in competitions and then managed to maintain it. As individuals, you know who the best teams are, and for the past four or five years, that's been Man City and Liverpool. Man City are still doing it this season, so you know what the benchmark is. And I think that's what we're excited for as well, because we don't want this just to be one season where we're fighting at the top. We want this to be our stepping stone. Next season, go again with Champions League football too, and try to balance Premier League and European football. Go again and again, and keep improving. So it's clear that Aaron doesn't have to look far for inspiration currently. Whether it's being motivated by the season running, the big games to come over the next couple of months, the big games to come over the next couple of months, or just his own hardwired desire to keep improving, our number one, who won the Premier League Save of the Month award for his stop from Bournemouth's Dango Utara in March, certainly has an extra spring in his step right now. But if he does ever find the going tough, where does he turn to? If I did ever find myself complaining or needing that motivation, my dad would tell me about my granddad Ron, who died before I was born. If I was ever on the phone to my dad, saying something like, I couldn't get up for this training session or whatever, my dad would pretty quickly tell me to remember where I am. He'd remind me that my granddad had to choose being a teacher over being a professional footballer because of his dad, so I need to realise how privileged I am. But, to be honest, I have enough motivation inside me and around me that he hasn't needed to say that. My fiancé keeps me going, my family do as well. And, well, there's plenty to play for, isn't there? Minute Detail Since the start of the Premier League in 1992-93, Arsenal have scored more than 2,000 goals. In this series, we choose one memorable goal per minute. Today we're looking at four more, including a classic from Patrick Vieira back in 1998. Cesc Fabregas, Everton 1, Arsenal 6, August 15, 2009. AFC PL goals in 69th minute, 23. A standout goal from our biggest ever opening day win. Captain Cesc Fabregas had already scored once to make it 4-0, but his second on 69 minutes was a peach. Running from deep inside his own half, the midfielder was clearly on a mission, torturing the beleaguered Toffee's defence. 
he continued to stride forward before, five yards outside the box, taking aim with his right foot and drilling his low shot into the bottom corner. It made it 5-0, and by the time the final whistle sounded, the Gunners had set a new club record for the biggest winning margin on the opening day of the season. Robin Van Persie, Arsenal 1, Everton 0. December 10th, 2011. AFC PL goals in 70th minute, 27. A sweet, sweet volley fit to celebrate the club's 125th birthday. The afternoon had begun with a parade of club legends to mark the landmark anniversary and ended with Robin Van Persie adding his own chapter to Gunner's history with a remarkable goal. Locked at nil-nil with 20 minutes remaining, Alexander Song clipped a lofted pass over the defence, neatly onto the Dutchman's trusty left boot. He cracked away a first-time volley that flashed in off the far post. Tim Howard in the Everton goal didn't have time to react and was rooted to the spot. It was Van Persie's 33rd Premier League goal of the calendar year, and certainly one of the best. Gabriel Martinelli Brighton and Hove Albion 2, Arsenal 4, December 31st, 2022. AFC PL goals in 71st minute, 20. A wonderfully worked goal from earlier this season that owed much to a fantastic assist from Martin Odegaard. Receiving the ball midway inside his own half, the skipper didn't need to take a touch. Instead, he launched an arching first-time pass perfectly into the stride of the marauding Gabriel Martinelli, who had set off on his run before the ball was even at Odegaard's feet. The Brazilian streaked onto it, took a few touches at pace, then squeezed his shot past Robert Sanchez to make it 4-1. A superb piece of vision from Odegaard, coupled with blistering acceleration and a cool finish from Martinelli, helped make this a New Year's Eve to remember. Patrick Vieira, Arsenal 3, Newcastle United 1, April 11, 1998. AFC PL goals in 72nd minute, 21. As Arsenal closed in on a first league title for seven years, Patrick Vieira belted home an absolute screamer to send the Highbury crowd wild. Unbeaten in the league since December, we had built up a real head of steam, and the Arsenal machine was in devastating effect once more against the Magpies, just a week after booking our place in the FA Cup final, against Newcastle. But this was more than a dress rehearsal for that Wembley showdown. We needed points in the race with Manchester United at the top of the table, and this long-range cracker sealed them. Nicholas and Elka had already put us two goals to the good, so there was little to lose when Vieira strode forward from just over the halfway line. He took a couple of strides forward before powering home an effort from fully 30 yards that flashed into the top corner. Three points secured and a psychological blow dealt ahead of the cup final. In a strong field, this strike won BBC's Match of the Day Goal of the Month competition for April a month in which Arsene Wenger's side netted 15 league goals themselves. Community Voice Project Arsenal Premier League Kicks Established 1986
Participants since starting over 2000. Sessions every Friday, William Tyndale, 5.30 to 7.30pm. And local after-school sessions. Available to local 14 and over girls who want to play or learn more about football, football coaching and leadership. More information at Jack Ironside, jironside at arsenal.co.uk. Gloria is a 15-year-old from Camden who enjoys the opportunity of being part of our Premier League Kicks programme for girls. I first heard about girls' football at my school about five years ago. I was in year seven and the school said we have a football club, so I joined. After the Covid years, I returned back to my football session at school and I found out there were other sessions which were delivered by Arsenal. The first time I went to the session, I remember feeling comfortable and welcomed. I really enjoyed it and I'm still in the club years later and really enjoying it still. I've been involved in a number of events and activities. These have included completing my FA Coaching Playmaker Certificate and I've also been lucky enough to visit Emirates Stadium for matches and even gone pitch side. Seeing the women players up close was really good and the seats afterwards were great. They were right behind the goal. I've also taken part in tournament and matches recently and I was involved with an Adidas Rocky 7 event where we learnt about design and upcycling. I've experienced a lot of new things recently and more importantly, I've experienced these things with my friends. We've gone to a lot of the events together. This has been really important as we can go through these events and opportunities together. It's also been a great opportunity to make friends with people outside my usual friendship group. I've been working with Bex, Abby, Maya and Osiro on my Friday session. They're really nice people that make you feel comfortable at the session. I honestly feel that I could go to any of them if I have any problems or I want to share positive things that might have happened. I feel being part of the project has helped me in a positive way with my mentality. Seeing other girls playing football and seeing more girls participating, also other women being recognised within the football as role models, has had a huge impact. I've learnt and built upon my communication skills and how I communicate to others, being a leader within a group and trying to use my new football in tournament matches. I use these skills as part of my role as head girl at school to organise and run activities with others. The amount of people who play football that are female really surprises me, especially when we see the other boroughs during the holidays for competitions or activities. The amount of non-football opportunities there are for us is brilliant. Being part of Arsenal represents teamwork, learning and attempting new things outside of my comfort zone. I really enjoy feeling part of something. I feel the Kicks programme has changed me as a person and I can clearly see the benefits technically and socially. Academy Young Gun Jimmy Gower the Basics. Born Harold Wood, 1st of the 10th, 2004. Joined Arsenal, 28th of the 6th, 2017. Currently, second year scholar. Height and weight, 5 foot 7 inches, 58 kilograms. Position, midfield. School, the Cooper's Company and Coburn School, Upminster. Squad number, 87. I think it's been a good year for me in terms of my progression. I've been getting a good run of games lately and affecting them whenever I can. I've managed to get myself among the goals a bit more in the second half of the season too, and I'm always wanting to add more. 
I think I've understood my strengths better this season too, and how I can help the team defensively, as well as when I'm on the ball. Jack Wilshire has been a big part of why I've enjoyed this season so much. Jack and I have good conversations together about football, and I'm learning a lot from him. He joins in our training sessions, and because we play in the same position in midfield, I'm always trying to pick up different things from him. In terms of specifics with Jack, we speak a lot about using your body to make the defender think he can get the ball, then using your instincts to keep it away from him. Jack inspires me to be creative every day, to express myself and try to make things happen on the pitch. I made my Premier League 2 debut recently against Blackburn Rovers, which was a good experience for me. I enjoyed the occasion. It's obviously a faster pace than I'm used to with the under-18s, but I felt more than ready for the challenge on the day. It was a helpful experience travelling away with the older boys too, and seeing how they prepare for these games compared to what I'm used to with the under-18s. One of the highlights of our season so far has been our FA Youth Cup run, and we're now in the semi-final, where we play Manchester City at the Emirates Stadium. We've had some crazy moments building up to this semi-final. The Newcastle United game at St James's Park was my favourite one. We played some great football that day, although we made it a bit hard for ourselves. When Osman came off the bench and scored the winner in the manner that he did, it really made us as a team know that whether you start the match or if you come off the bench, you still have a big part to play in the team and you can affect the game massively. Playing at Emirates Stadium in the quarter-final against Cambridge United was a brilliant experience. I was buzzing on the day, obviously, there were some nerves too, but it was definitely more excitement than anything else. I remember when we were all warming up before the game, we looked at each other and said, just think, one day this could be us every week. The whole experience of playing at Emirates Stadium in front of a crowd gave us all a taste of what we could achieve and keep working hard to get there one day. The whole Youth Cup run has been crazy, full of so many ups and downs but it's just brought us closer as a group. At different times throughout the tournament, everyone has stepped up in different ways. Whenever you're struggling and things aren't going our way, you need different qualities and characters to pull us out of it, and everyone has shown that throughout this run to get us into a semi-final. I'm feeling confident going into the semi that we have more than enough talent in this team to beat anyone. We've been through a lot of grueling games together, scored last-minute winners, and become a really close group as a result. The whole thing has shown us that when times are tough, you can trust your teammates. My dad, former Southend and Swansea midfielder Mark Gower, was no stranger to a big game during his playing career, having played in a couple of playoff finals. I speak to him a lot about football and his playoff final days. He's told me to be confident in myself and continue to do what I've been doing irrespective of the occasion. He always tells me to be bright and creative and to affect the game for the team. I think having him around has helped me a lot to talk about different scenarios. Whenever I've had tough times or been confused about something in my game, my dad has always been a big help, but he's been right by my side during the brilliant moments too. I can't wait to be back out there at Emirates Stadium in front of our supporters. If I was to give them a message, it would be that we're going to need all the support we can get on the night from you against a tough opponent. Let's make the most of our home advantage together and we will put on a good performance and game for everyone at the stadium. 
around the academy. It's been a long four months. Under-21 striker Kion Edwards made a welcome return to action in a 2-0 defeat to Crystal Palace on Friday, March 17th in the Premier League 2. The 19-year-old had been out of action since November 19th when he was stretched off with a foot injury in the closing stages after scoring in a one-all draw with Stoke City at Meadow Park. Edwards replaced Amari Benjamin at half-time of our defeat against the Eagles and expressed his delight after the game at getting 45 minutes under his belt. It feels great to be back, he said. It's been a long four months, full of ups and downs, but I always stayed mentally strong and was able to overcome those moments. Now I'm just glad to finally be back out on the pitch. My goals for the rest of the season are just to remain fit, help the team out as much as I can, and continue to impress the first team and under-21 staff. Under-18s miss opportunities in Derby. Under-18s head coach Jack Wilshere was left ruining missed opportunities as his side were beaten 3-2 by Tottenham Hotspur on Saturday, March 18th in the Under-18 Premier League. The Gunners showed impressive character to battle back from 2-0 down thanks to a second-half brace from Osman Kamara, but were beaten by a third goal from our North London rivals. After the match, Wilshere was quick to highlight the performance, citing it as one of the standouts of the campaign so far. I think the performance was one of the best we've had all season, he said. We dominated the game from start to finish. We were clearly the better team and had the better chances. Despite the positives, it was a case of deja vu for Wilshere, who insists his young side must learn how to be more defensively resolute in future. We put in a brilliant performance, but here we are again. We've conceded three goals, he said. The boys are at the age now where we can't concede three goals if we want to win matches. They have to learn how to be winners. It's important that we acknowledge how good we were today, but now we need to start thinking more about what we can do to stay in games. We'll build from it, and the focus will be on how we can improve defensively as a unit. Welcome return for Ford. Jack Wilshere's under-18s have been boosted by the return of 17-year-old forward Romari Ford from injury in recent weeks. A versatile attacker, Ford was included in the matchday squad on March the 11th, the first time since picking up an injury back in August 2022. Ford replaced Amari Benjamin for the final 30 minutes of our 4-3 defeat to Crystal Palace before starting our 3-2 North London derby defeat to Tottenham Hotspur on March the 18th. Under-21s pegged back by Rovers Under-21s head coach Mehmet Ali was full of praise for his side after putting an end to a run of four consecutive defeats in a one-all draw with Blackburn Rovers on Saturday, March 25th in the Premier League 2. We led the match for 80 minutes, courtesy of winger Charles Sago Jr.'s impressive first-half strike, until Blackburn's Harry Leonard snatched a point for the hosts in second-half stoppage time. After the match, Despite harbouring disappointment at our inability to see the game through and claim all three points, Mehmet reflected positively on how the team played. The performance from us was outstanding today, he said. Of course I'm frustrated and disappointed in terms of conceding a late goal, but I thought we adapted well to a difficult pitch and competed really well, with and without the ball. We didn't take our opportunities to increase our lead, but I can't fault our effort and application out there. I'm so proud of them for what they produced. The boys are devastated in the dressing room, but there's some great learning for them to take from this, and we'll go again. Young Gunners in press on international stage. 
six young gunners featured for England youth sides over the international break, with Ethan Nwaneri, 16, scoring twice in back-to-back wins for England under-17s in their European under-17 championship qualifying campaign. Managed by ex-gunner Ryan Gary, midfielder Miles Lewis-Skelly, 16, was also in action alongside Ethan in England's 3-1 and 2-0 victories over Denmark and Northern Ireland respectively. Raoul Walters, 18, and Amario Cozier-Jubri, 17, were both involved for England under-19s in their pursuit of qualification for the European under-19 championships as they beat Hungary 1-0 and fell to a narrow defeat to Iceland by the same scoreline. Away from competitive action, left-back Lino Sousa, 18, was twice in action for England under-18s, first as they beat Croatia 2-1, and then in a 3-0 defeat to Belgium in a series of friendly matches. Brooke Norton Cuffey, 19, started for England under-20s in an impressive 2-0 victory over Germany, before sitting out his side's 4-2 victory over the USA as the young Lions warm up for this summer's under-20s World Cup. Arsenal women. North London is red. We moved right back into the thick of the Women's Super League title race with a thumping 5-1 win at Tottenham Hotspur last Saturday. There were barely four minutes on the clock when Leah Williamson's sensational through ball found its way to Stina Blackstenius, who, despite veering away from goal, lashed a brilliant strike past the backpedalling Spurs keeper, Tina Rika Corpella. It took a fine last-ditch tackle from Amy Turner to deny Blackstenius her second. But moments later, we did double our lead, when Caitlin Ford cut in from the left and smacked a shot in off the far post. The Gunners were now well on top, until Tottenham were awarded a penalty for a handball against Katie McCabe and Beth England converted. Arsenal made a strong start to the second half and Tottenham couldn't hold out. On 64 minutes, Amy Turner brought down McCabe in the box and Little smashed the penalty into the roof of the net. Four minutes later, it was 4-1. Twice, Victoria Pelova won the ball back with some clever footwork on the right before her cross found Ford, who once again fired in off the post. Still the gunners poured forward and freed a man and added a fifth, her shot deflecting in off Molly Bartrip to cap a fine win that leaves the gunners three points ahead behind leaders Manchester United with a game in hand. Jodie's back. We are delighted to announce that Jodie Taylor has joined us until the end of the 2022-23 season. The striker returns to Arsenal for her second spell in North London, having scored 10 goals in 17 appearances for us between 2016 and 2017. Jodie joins following the end of her contract with San Diego Wave in NWSL in the USA, with a return to Arsenal the latest step in a career that has seen her represent clubs across Europe, America and Australia. In addition to her club football, where she was a Champions League winner with Lyon in 2020, Jodie has scored 19 goals in 51 appearances for England and was the top scorer in the 2017 European Championships. It feels amazing to be back like I never left, 
said Jodie, who will wear the number 27 shirt. It's incredible to have this opportunity to come back to the club that I love so much. A lot of progression has happened in the last five years since I was last here, and to see how much the club has grown and progressed is incredible. I'm very happy to be here. Head coach Jonas Eideval added, We're really pleased to have brought in Jodie to help us. She has a proven track record for scoring goals, and we know her experience will be a great asset to the whole dressing room. Our under-16s are invincibles. Arsenal women's under-16s clinched an incredible league title and an invincible season with a 4-1 win over Brighton and Hove Albion the weekend before last. Our young gunners won 11 matches and drew just three across the entire season, rising to the top of the FA Girls England Tanet Pathway League and conceding only four goals in the process. Top scorer Isabella Fisher bagged 13 goals in just 10 appearances for the Gunners, with Omatara Junaid and Vivienne Leah getting on the score sheet nine times across the season. The age group is led by head coach Dom Edwards and assistant coach Kieran Fox, with the under-21s head coach Elliot Allam also helping to oversee training. Highlights included victories over league rivals Chelsea, home and away. The Gunners winning 3-0 away at Cobham and travelling to Manchester in the quarter-final of the Youth Cup and putting eight past City. We have another shot at silverware on April 22nd when we take on Manchester United in the Youth Cup final. Good luck, girls! Kelly's new role Club legend Kelly Smith has returned to the Arsenal fold, this time as a coach to aid the development of our future stars in the Women's Academy. As she works towards her UEFA A licence coaching badges, Kelly headed down to lead some of our young gunners in a training session, which will form a programme until the end of the season. It's good to be back in the Arsenal kit, Kelly said. There's no better club for me. Everyone knows this is where I hope to start my coaching again with the under-21 girls. There are some really good players here to work with. The girls are really receptive. They really want to learn. So it's good to finally get the boots back on and start coaching again. We've got some good players that have a lot of history with the club too. And it's what this is all about. Finding one or two little gems who can potentially play first-team football for the club. You can watch the video of Kelly's first session at arsenal.com. Visitors, Leeds United. 30 years of the Premier League. Games, 571. Wins, 222. Losses, 200. Goals, 780. Goals conceded, 750. Seasons in the PL, this is their 15th. Highest position, 3rd, 1999-2000. Lowest position, 19th, 2003-4. Finished in the top half, 8 times. Most appearances, Gary Kelly, 325. Most goals, Mark Viduka, 59. Leeds United's 2022-23 season, their third in a row in the Premier League, has been one of peaks, troughs and general upheaval. 
but with just 26 points from 27 matches, they remain one of nine teams fighting relegation. Three of those points came on their last outing a fortnight ago, when they won 4-2 at relegation rivals Wolves, only their second league victory this calendar year. The first win of 2023 had come at the end of February, 1-0 at home to Southampton, giving newly appointed head coach Harvey Gracia a winning start to his time at Elland Road. The ex-Watford manager had been appointed four days earlier, two weeks after the sacking of Jesse March, who had overseen a seven-match winless run in the league that saw the Yorkshire club drop to 17th. The American was in charge less than a year, having replaced Marcello Bielsa in late February 2022. Bielsa was the man who led Leeds to the championship title in 2019-20, returning the famous club to the Premier League after a 16-year absence, during which they had even spent three seasons playing third-tier football in League One. The Whites' first season back among the elite under the mercurial Argentinian proved successful as they accumulated 59 points and ended ninth. Last season, though, the wheels came off the Bielsa bandwagon, a succession of heavy losses ultimately leading to his dismissal. Marsh eventually steered Leeds to safety, but only on the final day, thanks to a 2-1 win at Brentford as Burnley lost to Newcastle, enabling them to finish 17th with 38 points. A strong start to this campaign, despite the sale of England midfielder Calvin Phillips to Manchester City and Brazil winger Rafinha to Barcelona, suggested less stressful times ahead, but defeats soon started to mount up, and although Leeds claimed a memorable 2-1 win at Anfield in late October, their winless post-World Cup run eventually led to another change of management. Gracia has earned seven points in his four league games, and although he also oversaw the club's FA Cup exit, beaten 2-0 at Fulham in the fifth round, after earlier wins against Cardiff and Accrington Stanley, there is general satisfaction in the job he has done so far. After today's encounter, Leeds have three successive home games against Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace and Liverpool that will surely go a long way towards deciding their Premier League fate. The boss, Javi Gracia, manager, born 1st of May 1970, Pamplona, Spain. Previously, Pontevedra, 2007-8, Cadiz, 2008-10, Villarreal B, 2010-11, Olympiacos Volos, 2011, Caecira, 2011-12, Almeria, 2012-13, Osasuna, 2013-14, Malaga, 2014-16, Rubin Kazan, 2016-17, Watford, 2018-19, Valencia, 2020-21, Al Sadd, 2021-22, something of a surprise choice to replace Jesse March in February. Harvey's experience of the Premier League as Watford boss from January 18 to September 19, when he kept the Hornets up and led them to the FA Cup final, undoubtedly stood him in good stead. The former midfielder has had an eventful career as a coach, operating in his native Spain, 
Greece, Russia, England, and most recently, Qatar, where he led Al Sadd to the 2021-22 league title. Number 1. Between the posts, Ilan Meslier, goalkeeper, born Lorient, France, 2nd of March 2000. Previously, Lorient. Ilan joined Leeds on loan from hometown club Lorient in August 2019 and made his debut here at Emirates Stadium in a 1-0 FA Cup third-round defeat in January 2020. He has been the team's unrivalled first choice in the Premier League since promotion under three managers. Tall, fresh-faced and a spectacular shot-stopper, as he amply demonstrated in the 2-1 win at Liverpool in October, the France Under-21 international made his 100th appearance for the club in January. Number 2. The former gunner, Luke Ayling, defender. Born, Lambeth, 25th of August 1991, previously Arsenal, Yeovil, Bristol City. Luke began his career here at Arsenal and was a Premier Academy League FA Youth Cup double winner in 2008-9, but he made no first-team appearances before being loaned out to Yeovil. He joined Leeds from Bristol City in 2016 and has become a first-11 mainstay playing predominantly on the right side of defence. Sent off here at Emirates Stadium last May in a 2-1 defeat, the 31-year-old scored his first goal of the current campaign in the recent 4-2 win at Wolves. Number 11. The man in form, Jack Harrison, midfielder. Born Stoke-on-Trent, 20th of November 1996, Previously, New York City, Manchester City, Middlesbrough on loan. The man who scored the last-minute winner against Brentford on the final day of last season to ensure Leeds stayed in the Premier League, Jack recently signed a new contract after reportedly almost joining Leicester in January and has since struck top form, scoring in each of the club's last two games, a 2-2 draw at home to Brighton and 4-2 win at Wolves. Having emigrated to the USA at 14, the left-footed midfielder's first senior club were MLS side New York City, and the first three of his five seasons at Leeds were as a loanee from Manchester City. Number 19. The top scorer, Rodrigo, forward. Born, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, 6th of March 1991. Previously, Real Madrid, Benfica, Bolton, on loan, Valencia. Brazilian-born Spain international Rodrigo became Leeds' record signing when he joined from Valencia in August 2020 for £27 million. While his three seasons at Elland Road have generally been hit and miss, he has been the club's main man in attack this season, scoring 13 goals in all competitions, 11 in the Premier League, despite a recent six-week injury layoff. The 31-year-old left-footer has scored eight goals in 27 internationals for Spain, including a Nations League winner against England at Wembley in September 2018. 9. The spearhead, Patrick Bamford, forward, born Grantham, 5th of September 1993. Previously, Nottingham Forest, Chelsea, MK Dons on loan, Derby on loan, Middlesbrough on loan, Crystal Palace on loan, Norwich on loan, Burnley on loan, Middlesbrough. 
The Leeds United number 9 scored 17 goals in his debut Premier League campaign for the club in 2020-21, but his last two seasons have been ravaged by injury. Patrick was a Chelsea player for several seasons, but never appeared in a senior game for the club, though he did play Premier League football for four other sides before adding Leeds to that list. A tall, skilful, and versatile leader of the forward line, the left-footer joined Leeds from Middlesbrough in 2018. Number 10. The Flying Dutchman Crescencio Somerville Forward Born Rotterdam, Netherlands 30th of October 2001 Previously Feyenoord, Dortrecht on loan, Odio Den Haag on loan. A Leeds player since 2020 when he joined on a three-year contract from hometown club Feyenoord Gifted Netherlands youth international Crescencio has had to wait patiently for his chance to impress at first-team level, but he has done so repeatedly this term, not least during a spell in the autumn just before the World Cup break, when he scored in four successive matches, including a momentous late winner at Anfield that ended Liverpool's 29-game unbeaten home run in the Premier League. Number 3. The left-back Junior Firpo, defender. Born, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, 22nd of August 1996. Previously, Real Betis, Barcelona. The 26-year-old Dominica Republic-born Spain under-21 international has been a Leeds player for the past two seasons and appears to have finally nailed down the left-back spot under Harvey Gracia, having scored the club's first goal under the new manager, the winner in a 1-0 home win against Southampton. Brought up in Andalusia, he started his career with Real Betis, where he impressed sufficiently to earn himself a move to Barcelona, where he made just 41 appearances in two seasons before his transfer to Elland Road. Number 28. The new arrival, Weston McKenney. Midfielder. Born Fort Lewis, Washington, USA. 28th of August 1998. Previously, Schalke, Juventus. A versatile, all-action midfielder, Weston joined Leeds on loan from Juventus in January, thereby joining fellow USA internationals Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson at Talent Road, where, at the time, another American, Jesse March, was the head coach. The 24-year-old moved to Turin in 2020 after three seasons with Schalke and won the Coppa Italia in his debut campaign. A senior U.S. international since 2017, he was his country's player of the year in 2020 and started all four matches at the 2022 World Cup. Scouting Report by Michael Cox Leeds United won their most recent Premier League game 4-2 away at Wolves. That victory was the difference between 14th, where they sat coming into this weekend, and 19th, where they would have been had they been defeated. There has never been a Premier League relegation scrap like this one, and a single lucky point somewhere could make all the difference. Leeds were highly unfortunate, however, not to get something from the reverse fixture, when their high-intensity game plan forced Arsenal's first seriously bad performance of this season. Bukayo Saka's excellent goal meant the Gunners came away from that game with a win. 
Since then, Javi Gracia has replaced Jesse March in the dugout, which has prompted Leeds to play a less frantic style of football, although their most recent matches ended 2-2 and 4-2, which suggests this could be an eventful encounter. Leeds dominated Arsenal in that second half at Elland Road, in part because of the half-time introduction of centre-forward Patrick Banford. He caused Gabriel and William Saliba serious problems in an eventful second half, and having started the last two matches, will hope to continue here, generally looking to work the ball onto his favoured left foot. The quick Rodrigo is a valuable option from the bench, using his speed to sprint into the channels. Graciot can call upon a variety of exciting direct attacking midfielders to support Bamford in a 4-2-3-1. Brendan Aronson is the regular in the number 10 role and is clever at receiving passes in tight positions between the lines. Jack Harrison has scored in consecutive games, playing from the left against Brighton, from where he scored with his right foot, and from the right against Wolves, from where he scored with his left foot. That second goal was assisted by Wilfried Nyonto, the young Italian who played against England last weekend. And if he can overcome a knock picked up playing for Italy against Malta, he's likely to start again here, using his speed to run at opposition defences. Crescencio Somerville is another option on either flank, as is Luis Sinistera, although because of injury he's played only a single minute under Gracia. A legacy of Marsh's tenure is the possibility of an All-American midfield trio today if Aronson is supported by Tyler Adams and Weston McKenney. Adams is a good all-round midfielder, offering ball-winning and passing qualities, while McKenney has mainly been noticeable for his tenacity since joining from Juventus in January. Mark Rocker is another option. Gracia has favoured Luke Ayling and Junior Firpo at fullback rather than Rasmus Christensen and Pascal Strauch, who is something of a converted centre-back anyway. Both have pushed on aggressively recently, with Ayling constantly popping up at the back post to meet crosses from the left and Firpo grabbing the winner against Southampton. Between them will be Max Weber, although he also reported back from international break with an injury and Liam Cooper, while goalkeeper Ilan Meslier is capable of great reaction saves, but was lobbed from 40 yards by Johnny last time out, after sweeping aggressively behind his defence. Spreading the wealth Leeds have had a joint high 14 different goalscorers in the Premier League this season. The only season they had more scorers was 1992-93, 15. The main photograph with this report has the caption Rasmus Christensen celebrates with Luke Ayling and Mark Rocker after scoring against Wolves before the international break. The photograph at the end of the report has the caption Luke Ayling is head over heels at Molyneux. Match Action Arsenal vs Sporting Lisbon Arsenal 1, Sporting Lisbon 1 Arsenal scorer, Xhaka, 19th minute Sporting Lisbon scorer, Pote, 62nd minute 3-3 on aggregate, after extra time, 
Sporting win 5-3 on penalties. Thursday, March 16th, 2023, Emirates Stadium. Timeline. 19th minute. Xhaka scores after Martinelli's shot is saved. 62nd minute. Pote scores an audacious lob from 45 yards. 97th minute. Trossard's shot is pushed against the post. 117th minute. Gabriel's effort is blocked on the line. 118th minute. Ugarte is sent off for a second bookable offence. Martin Odegaard. We wanted to do something special in this tournament, and so we're disappointed it's done now. We can't think too much about it. We have to move forward and we have a new game on Sunday, and we just have to be ready for that one. Facts. This was the first ever penalty shootout at the Emirates, and only our second ever in home matches. Granit Xhaka makes it five goals for the season, his best ever return for us. Our penalty scorers were Odegaard, Saka and Trossard. Martinelli saw his kick saved. Match action. Full-time, Arsenal 4, Crystal Palace 1. Premier League, Sunday, March 19th, 2023. 2pm, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 4, Martinelli 28, Saka 43-74, Zaka 55. Crystal Palace 1, Schlup 63. Stats. Expected goals, AFC 1.57, CPFC 0.78 Possession AFC 62% CPFC 38% Total shots AFC 15 CPFC 9 Shots on target AFC 5 CPFC 5 Completed passes AFC 587 CPFC 385 Corners AFC 5 CPFC 4 Tackles 1, AFC 9, CPFC 10. Yellow cards, AFC 0, CPFC 1. Red cards, AFC 0, CPFC 0. Timeline, 28, Martinelli scores left-footed from Saka's cross. 43, Saka doubles the lead from White's pass. 55, Saka increases the lead after a great move. 63. Schlup pounces on a loose ball at a corner for 3 1. 74. Tierney's perceptive cutback is expertly steered home by Saka. Facts. This was our 22nd league win of the season, as many as we got in the whole of 2021 stroke 22. We become the first side in English Football League history to win nine London derbies in a single league season. Bukayo Saka, 12 goals, 10 assists, becomes the first player to reach both 10-plus goals and 10-plus assists in the Premier League this season. Bukayo Saka We've had to change our mindset immediately after that sporting game because it was only how many hours ago? 48-52 stroke hours ago. We came here with a big belief that we were going to win the game. And we managed to do that, so we're happy. Teams. Arsenal versus Leeds United. For Arsenal, 
Manager, Mikel Arteta. Shirt, red with white sleeves. Shorts, white. Socks, red. 1. Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper. 3. Kieran Tierney. 4. Ben White. 5. Thomas Partey. 6. Gabriel Margales. 7. Bukayo Saka. 8. Martin Odegaard. 9. Gabriel Jesus. 10. Emil Smith-Rowe. 11. Gabriel Martinelli. 12. William Saliba. 14. Eddie Nketiah. 15. Jakub Kivio. 16. Rob Holding. 18. Takehiro Tomiyasu. 19. Leandro Trossard. 20. Giorgino. 21. Fabio Vieira. 24. Rhys Nelson. 25. Mohamed Elneny. 30. Matt Turner, goalkeeper. 31. Carl Hine, goalkeeper. 34. Granite Sharka. 35. Alexandra Zinchenko. 83. Ethan Nwaneri. For Leeds United, head coach, Harvey Gracia. Shirt, yellow and dark blue. Shorts, dark blue. Socks, dark blue. 1. Ilian Meslier, goalkeeper. 2. Luke Ayling. 3. Junior Furpo. 4. Adam Forshaw. 5. Robin Koch. 6. Liam Cooper. 7. Brendan Aronson. 8. Mark Rocker. 9. Patrick Bamford. 10. Crescencio Somerville. 11. Jack Harrison. 12. Tyler Adams. 13. Christopher Kleisen, goalkeeper. 15. Stuart Dallas. 16. Sonny Perkins. 18. Darko Giabi. 19. Rodrigo. 21. Pascal Strauch. 22. Joel Robles, goalkeeper. 23. Luis Sinistera. 24. Jorginho Rutter. 25. Rasmus Christensen. 28. Weston McKenney. 29. Wilfried Nyonto. 39. Maximilian Wobber. 42. Sam Greenwood. 43. Matthias Klitsch. 49. Matteo Joseph. 63. Archie Gray. Referee, Darren England. Assistant referees, Dan Cook, Nick Hopton. Fourth official, Jared Gillett. VAR official, Craig Pawson. Assistant VAR official, Mark Perry. Today's other fixtures, 3pm unless stated. Manchester City vs Liverpool at 12.30pm. Bournemouth vs Fulham. Brighton and Hove Albion vs Brentford. Crystal Palace vs Leicester City. Nottingham Forest vs Wolverhampton Wanderers. Chelsea vs Aston Villa at 5.30pm. No room for racism. The Arsenal Foundation helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. years of stories, 30 years of lungs busting, nets bulging, audacious goals, outrageous flicks, 
Academy Breakthroughs, Legends Return. 30 years of gasps, groans, chants. Full-time cheers, full-time tears, saying we were there. But that's not all, the game is just the start. 30 years of supporting communities, 30 years of investing in the wider game, 30 years of thrilling football, made possible by 30 years of your support. Premier League. Akagera National Park, Rwanda. Your safari awaits. Visit Rwanda, official tourism partner of Arsenal Football Club. Plan your journey at www.visitrwanda.com. Instagram and Twitter at visitrwanda underscore now. Emirates. Arsenal official partner. Travel with peace of mind. Fly better. No room for racism anywhere. Arsenal and the rest of the Premier League will not tolerate racism anywhere. And we are taking action to combat all forms of discrimination. But we can all do more. Challenge it, report it, change it. And together we can make a positive impact. Visit premierleague.com forward slash no room for racism to find out more. Hashtag no room for racism. Challenge it, report it, change it. Premier League. Arsenal. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.